What's happening, everybody? On today's show, and then there was one, Alabama, the lone SEC team remaining in the NCAA tournament as Tennessee and Arkansas go down. We'll tell you how we got here and some football notes as well. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And we start recapping the action from last night as the Arkansas Razorbacks fall to the Yukon Huskies 88-65. to Arkansas, they just got beat up by a much better Yukon team. I was picking Yukon to win this game earlier in the day. I expected it to be a little bit closer. It was just one that really got away from the Hogs. The Yukon Huskies jumped out to a... 17-point halftime lead. UConn shot 61% in the first half. They just dominated in the paint. They were pulling down tons of rebounds. And at the end of the game, Arkansas shot just 31% to UConn's 57%. The Hogs were out-rebounded 43-31. They were 5 of 16 from 3. It was just ugly, uh, particularly on the defensive end. And uh, offensively, Anthony Black, he had 20 points. Uh, Ricky Council had 17. Nick Smith had 11. But uh, after two magical runs, back-to-back Elite Eights the past two seasons, Coach Eric Musselman's squad ends this year's run in the Sweet 16. And when you look back on it, and it was it was a roller coaster season for the Hawks. Remember, they, they lose their stud freshman, Nick Smith, for a large chunk of the season. They lost their stud forward in Trevon Brazil back in December. He played in just nine games. And yet, somehow, they rallied the troops. Arkansas persevered. They leaned on guys like the other freshmen, Anthony Black, and some of their juniors like Ricky Council and Debo Davis. They beat Auburn in the SEC tournament, then... Went on to lose to Texas A&M. And they got in the tournament and beat a really good Illinois squad in the first round before pulling off one of the stunners of the tournament. And that'll be one of the, you know, one shining moment moments as Arkansas took down the one seed reigning national champs, Kansas, in the second round. And so they will have that memory. That's a really good one. And... The future looks bright for Eric Musselman's crew. When you look at the recruiting, they've got two five-star commitments already for next year in the big center, Bay Fall, and then point guard Layden Blocker. So, future looks bright for Arkansas. We'll see if they can rally the troops. Uh, Nick Smith and Anthony Black, they are both expected to most likely head to the draft. They are both currently projected as top ten picks. When you look at NBA Draft.net, 
Uh, Ricky Council, he is projected as a second-round pick. Who else stays or goes? I'm sure we will find that out in the coming weeks. Is there a player or two that Arkansas could pick up in the transfer portal? Perhaps. But Eric Musselman is a good enough coach to reload and run this thing back again next year. We'll see what Arkansas can do. But uh, again, Arkansas's season comes to an end in the west region of the Sweet 16, falling to the four-seed Yukon Huskies, 88-65. to 65. And so uh, best of luck to Eric Musselman and the Arkansas Razorbacks moving forward next, into the offseason and into next year. And uh, we'll see if Muss has some reasons to rip his shirt off again next year. Probably going to have plenty of opportunities to do that. But uh, nonetheless, that's the first uh, SEC team that went down yesterday. Coming up in just a second, we will talk about the other SEC team that went down, the Tennessee Volunteers. We'll get to that in just a second. But thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. I want to remind you this episode is presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. We are, uh, of course, all into the tournament action, and that means you need to go download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, and super easy to use. They got everything you want to bet on, from the money line to points scored. All of it's up there for you. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets, well, you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Going along here, locked on SEC, and if, again, if you uh, missed it, uh, of course, we appreciate you making us your first listen every day. You can go make your second listen. Check out our uh, Locked On College bo- Basketball podcast. Of course, those guys are breaking down all of the action across the college basketball landscape. But let's jump back into it as we talked about the first disappointment of last night: the Arkansas Razorbacks going down. How about the Tennessee Vols? going down as they saw their season come to an end in the East region at the hands of the Florida Atlantic Owls, the nine-seeded Owls, as the Vols went down 62-55 to late last night. The Vols' offense was just really atrocious. They could not make a three to save their lives. Uh, on the game from the field, they shot just 33% to FAU's 42%. They were just six for 23 from deep. And they were looking for scores. They were looking for somebody to step up. Josiah Jordan James, I mean, he was the leading scorer among the starters with 10, and he didn't even get his 10th point until late in the game. Jonas Adu, he had 10 off the bench. But nobody else really stepped up scoring-wise. When you looked around and you said, man, okay, maybe Vescovy could, could step up. He was just three of 11. Now, three, the three uh, shots he made were all three, so that helped, but he was just three for nine from deep. And Olivier Camus, who was so good in that Duke game, you know, dropping 27 points over the game of his life. And this one, 
he was almost a non-factor. Had just six points and four rebounds. And even the Vols' defense, I mean, it was so, so good down the stretch of the season and into the tournament. You know, the, that elite-level defense they played in the win over Duke. Remember, even Coach K was bragging about it earlier this week. Everybody patting him on the back. Charles Barkley on the postgame a week ago was like, man, I've never seen defense like that. That was intense. That was elite-level defense. Not so much in this one. I mean, they struggled to get stops against FAU at times. Um, it was a tale of two halves. I mean, the first half, the Vols, as, you know, not great as they played, they still had a five-point lead, a 27-22 at the half. FAU had just 22 points at the half. And then they got hot. They scored 40 points in the second half. They almost doubled their point total from the first uh, first half. And Tennessee scored just 28 in the second half. And they were done. And FAU won a couple runs and used that to their advantage. And... The nine-seeded Florida Atlantic Owls are moving on. Now, it is worth mentioning FAU lost three games all year. The ironic part is one of their games they lost was to Ole Miss earlier in the year. <laughs> Ended up firing their coach and, uh, in Kermit. So, uh, kind of ironic there. But FAU, 33-3 and now. And um, they were just the, the better team. They were more impressive. And now Rick Barnes' crew... Has to turn the page and head into the offseason and figure out, you know, much like Arkansas and some of these other teams, who's coming back, who's done, who's moving on. And, um, you know, again, the injury to Zakai Ziegler really kind of changed things for this team. But ironically, you know, they still found ways to get nice wins. I mean, they, they beat Arkansas down the stretch of the season, uh, lost to Mizzou in the SEC tournament. But uh, once they got to the postseason, I mean, they they beat Louisiana, scrappy Louisiana team in the first round. And then you know, the most impressive one was beating up Duke the way they did with elite-level defense. It was very, very impressive. But uh, season comes to an end now for Rick Barnes' crew. And, you know, I would say maybe uh, expectations coming into this year were a little bit higher. Um, you know, would most Vols fans have taken a Sweet 16 if you asked them at the beginning of the year, season? Sure, but... Uh, you know, the way they played down the stretch of the year, I think most Vol fans, if you'd said, hey, I think y'all are going to get to the Sweet 16, they probably would have taken it. Exceeded my expectations. And, you know, a lot of people, like we said, once the guy Ziggler went down, we wrote him off. Said no chance this team, this team wins. And so now there's one, and it's the Alabama Crimson Tide, and they are the best uh, chance or the only chance now for the SEC to do some more damage in this tournament. They will take on San Diego State later today. San Diego State's head coach talking with the media this week ahead of the game, and he said, uh, look, if we play really good San Diego State basketball, we will have a chance to win this game. If Alabama plays their best and they come out on top, we'll tip our hat to them. Alabama right around a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. 6.30 Eastern tip, 5.30 Central from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, but the San Diego State coach said, I don't care what game we go into. We don't consider ourselves an underdog. That never comes into our conversation. We never look at ourselves as an underdog. We think we have a good program. If we could turn this into a half-court game, and this goes for any game, I like our chances. The problem is Alabama wants to run. They want to get up and down. They will get physical with you. And Brandon Miller and company will look to do just that. I thought they played... Kind of a B, B-plus game last week. 
against Maryland, as our buddy Luke Robinson brought up, and uh, they still won by 20. So imagine if Alabama comes out and plays their A game against San Diego State, what they can do. So, uh, look, I already talked about it. I picked in my bracket Alabama to win it all. They've been the most talented team I've watched all season. So I'm not changing my mind on that one. And we'll see. Help us, Alabama. You are our only hope. Now, look, the rest of the SEC may be saying the hell with Alabama. We want to see them go down. All the, the Brandon Miller drama and all that stuff that went down, I'm sure there's a lot of people rooting against them. But, uh, hey, look, we're called Locked on SEC. We like to beat our chest about the SEC having great success. Georgia just won back-to-back championships in football. LSU's the number one team in baseball. They've, they'll have a chance. Softball, Alabama, with Montana Fouts maybe has a chance there. Arkansas beat them the other night. Um, you know, look, if Bama wants to go out and win a championship in basketball, we'll just add it to the wall full of championships from different SEC teams. Well, we'll see. Best of luck to the Tide and NATOs tonight. And if you're a fan of another SEC team and you say, no chance I root for Alabama, then I understand. I I get that too. All right. That is the latest with the NCAA tournament and hoops. And uh, when we come back, we're going to get into Switch Gears, talk some football nuggets. Got a bunch of stuff to touch on when we return. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. I want to remind you guys that the Built March Madness bracket is here from our friends over at Built Bar. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. We love the cookie dough, but whatever bar or puff you want to get into, uh, go vote for them over there at BuiltMarchMadness.com. Support your team, support your favorite bar or puff. And when you vote, you'll be entered into a drawing. 50 lucky Locked On listeners are going to get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built Bar to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. you got to go try Built. They're the best protein bars ever. They're amazing. You won't even think that they're good for you. What makes them so good? For starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now. Vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. Continue on here, Locked On SEC, and uh, we got to jump back into this as we got a lot of stuff to get into football-wise. So let's dive into it. Uh, Alabama, they held their pro day on Thursday. Bryce Young looked impressive, throwing the football again, throwing it against air, but uh, made all the throws. And uh, Nick Saban, talking with the media, said he does not buy into the narrative that Bryce Young's size should be viewed as a negative. He did an interview with Jordan Rogers on the SEC Network, and Saban was asked how important is size when it comes to quarterbacks. Uh, Saban said, I don't think size matters. I think you should ask the people that had to play against him the last couple years to see if they think that affected his performance at all. I really don't. I think he's so instinctive. He processes everything so well, prepares so well. 
He's got quickness in the pocket. He plays a position like a point guard in basketball, and his production consistency and performance have been off the charts. Those things will translate most of the time at the next level. So uh, ringing endorsement for Bryce Young from his head coach and Nick Saban. No surprise there, but uh, again, we'll see how many teams value um, value height and think that you got to be of a certain height to play at the next level in the NFL. But most people, most of the mock drafts still have C.J. Stroud from Ohio State going number one overall to the Panthers. And most of the other ones have Bryce Young going number two overall to the Houston Texans. So Bryce Young still expected to go top two in this draft. We'll see if it plays out this that way. Another guy who's expecting to hear his name called very high, that's Will Anderson. He was at Bama's Pro Day this week. And uh, outside linebacker who obviously got after quarterbacks, fits that mold of the 3-4 edge rusher based on his production. But uh, Will Anderson said, look, I have zero private workouts, zero meetings, so I'm just going to be here working out, getting ready for the next level. And he said he thinks he can thrive in any role on a defense at the next level in the NFL. So we will see uh, if any teams come to Will Anderson and try to schedule some private workouts. But got to think he won't fall out of the top five, right? Just an elite-level talent who wreaked havoc throughout the SEC these past two seasons and expect uh, Will Anderson to go top five along with his cohort in Bryce Young. All right, other SEC news over at Ole Miss. Obviously, all eyes are on their quarterback battle throughout this spring, and Greg McElroy talked about the Ole Miss quarterback competition on his Always College Football podcast. And the Rebels bringing back Jackson Dart, but also bringing in some transfers. Walker Howard, the five-star from LSU. And Spencer Sanders, the All-Big 12 quarterback who had a really nice career there at Oklahoma State. Greg McElroy is predicting that Spencer Sanders is going to win the job. He said, quote, I would think the favorite right now based on potential, based on upside, based on the amount of reps he's actually gotten at the college level, I would think that Spencer Sanders, the transfer from Okie State, is the favorite to be the Ole Miss starter this year. He's a four-year starter, first-team All-Big 12. He's throwing for a million yards. He's probably still going to be the guy that I would expect to be under center for the Rebels next year. McElroy also acknowledged Jackson Dart, you know, his experience playing for Ole Miss, and, of course, Walker Howard, former five-star prospect. But uh, Spencer Sanders last season at Okie State threw for over 2,600 yards, 17 touchdowns in 10 games, also rushed for close to 400 yards and eight more scores on the ground. So, versatile guy. Ole Miss's spring game coming up in just about three weeks, April 15th. So, this thing still has a ways to go over the next couple of weeks. Over at Florida, they made it official with Billy Gonzalez, the veteran position coach, coming back to the Gators. 20-plus years of coaching experience, going to come coach up the wide receivers. Worked with... Notable wide receivers in the past, like Kadarius Toney, Van Jefferson, Odell Beckham, Percy Harvin. Spent uh, 2021 at FAU as their wide receivers coach. And uh, he's going to come in and try to help Florida Gators get this offense going with whoever's at quarterback, Graham Mertz or whoever it is. We know who the quarterback uh, is committed to them in the 2024 class. That is DJ Lagway. He... Joined five-star wide receiver Jeremiah Smith this week on his visit to Gainesville. Uh, Lagway 
shared a photo of the two of them together in the Florida locker room wearing Gator gear. During his visit, Smith is currently committed to Ohio State, but he's a Florida native. And the Gators brought Jeremiah Smith on campus this week for a visit. And like we said, the quarterback commit, DJ Lagway, making sure he was there to uh, try to convince Jeremiah Smith to flip his commitment and try to come to Florida. We'll see if he can. Smith is the number two overall prospect in the 24-7 sports composite rankings. He's been committed to Ohio State since December. But again, Florida native. Gators already have four commitments in this class. We'll see if they can flip him. And one other Florida note, uh, they went to the transfer portal this offseason to add some depth on that offensive line. One of the big pieces they got was Baylor offensive lineman Micah Mazuka. Well, after just a couple of spring practices, Mazuka says he is going to look to transfer elsewhere. He tweeted out Thursday he's entering the transfer portal. Thanked Billy Napier for the opportunity in Gainesville. He's entering year four of his college career. I uh, was among the Big 12's best guards last season at Baylor. He chose Florida over the likes of Nebraska and Auburn that were on his finalist list in January. So we'll see if either of those schools play into where he will end up next. Over at Kentucky, Mark Stoops losing one of his defensive backs as Vito Tisdale was dismissed from the program this week. They uh, issued a statement saying Vito Tisdale has been dismissed from the team for a violation of team rules. We have no additional comment on the matter. He's a former four-star recruit from 2020. Hails from the Bowling Green area. He was set to play a big role this year in that secondary for Kentucky. Missed the entire 2022 season with a knee injury. Suffered in spring football. But coming into the spring period, Stoop said Tisdale was cleared to fully practice. Back in 2021, he was involved in a frat house skirmish. He was later cited for marijuana possession. He's played mainly at safety, but like we said, was expected to play corner for Kentucky. And his career has now ended in Lexington. He is dismissed. And one more note, over at Mizzou, they are adding a seasoned veteran to their coaching staff. Longtime defensive coach David Blackwell is going to be added as a defensive consultant at Mizzou. Head coach Eli Drinkwitz announced this week, Blackwell will work alongside the coaching staff but will not coach a specific position. Blackwell spent three decades coaching across the college realm, uh, had some stops at uh, Illinois State, Pitt, Clemson, South Florida, among others. Uh, most recently, he was Louisiana Tech's defensive coordinator under Skip Holtz. Uh, Eli Drinkwood said David's coordinated and has been a part of some really good defenses over the years and will be a great sounding board for D.C. coach uh, Blake Baker and our defensive staff. And there you have it. That is the latest football news going on around the conference. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Make sure you go check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college hoops, all in one place. Here for big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. You guys have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday, and we'll see if Bama is still dancing. Cheer for them, cheer against them, whatever. We'll recap it on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.